You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. We've just come out of uh, Legacy Month, where we've just focused in a, a year where it is uh, here now is our overall overarching theme for the year. But taking time out just to recap on where we've been, what we've done, what is currently happening, where we're going as a church. And I just want to say thank you to everybody that has been a part of Legacy over the years and um, again this year because what we do makes a difference, each and every one of us. And like Coral said, every, every one of us can do something. And you may feel like, well, what's $5 a week going to do? Well, it's done a lot in that girl's life that Coral talked about who was brought in in Cambodia to the, the safe home, the girl's home, who is now being totally restored and encouraged and equipped and inspired to give back. And that's what she's doing now. She's now a leader in the same home that she was helped in. And I just think that's incredible and very inspiring. And that's what life is all about, isn't it? It's not about us. It's about God working in and through us. And we all get to do that with whatever God does in our life and what he heals and what he fixes and mends and all our brokenness and whatever it is in your life, God can channel himself through that to others. And I just think that's awesome. Inspiring. But, you know, one thing in thinking about here now, I know uh, for me, I'm on my way to that milestone that Pastor Paul's already nine months ahead of me of being. I'll remind him of that. Um, I've been thinking in my life, you know, for for the the, um, focus of my life, I do not want to waste a moment. I want to live my best now, now. And I want to know what what causes me to live my best now and what can stop me from living my best now, now. And, you know, I think Jesus was very wise as he encouraged us in his word before he left this earth to take time and stop often. In reference to communion, we're not having communion today, but the, the analogy of just stopping and taking the time to remember him. And he knew in our humanity that we would race off in our own strength that we all have the potential and the challenge of being distracted in the busy, in the doing. And he just said, hey, guys, don't forget to stop and remember me. Don't forget to stop and remember the why to your what. Remember that you need me. And that takes reflective time. And I pray that today will be that, a time of just reflection on our lives in our here now, to make sure that we are filling our life with who he is so that we can run our race strong, that we are infused with his strength and power so that we can live our best now. Now, There's a line from a poem I read read recently, and um, it's by Mark Raffles, which is actually Abe Raffles on staff's dad. And he said, at least I have stopped long enough to know I must stop more often. I love that impacting line and we could all take a leaf out of that page of wisdom and definitely along our journey Pastor Paul and I there have been many many seasons where life has been full I'd rather say full than busy but we use busy all the time and sometimes people like to say they're busy thinking that they're you know that qualifies them but busy isn't always good full is good we live full lives but 
busy and distracted is not a good thing. But many times in our own life, we've been so focused with our head down, full steam ahead, focused on what's before us that we haven't really taken in the now moments. What does God want to do in our life now? What is he saying to us now? What do we, where do we need to bring him into our now instead of just going ahead of him? And, you know, it's in those times that we've stopped where we realise it's not until you stop that you realise you need to stop more often, is it? Or, you know, famous last words many of say, us say when we do take a break is, we need to do this more often. <laughs> Paul and I have often said that to each other when we have stopped for a break. It's like, why don't we do this more often? This is a good thing for us to just stop and to replenish, stop to just breathe, stop to refuel and refresh our souls so that we can keep going strong and remain the distance well. We all need to learn how to live our best now. Now, I have the words ringing deep in my spirit from Pastor Phil Camden, who was a pastor on staff many years ago here at Life. He now lives in Australia. And since going back to Australia, for those of you who may not know who he is, he has what is uh, known as motor neuron disease, MND. And he's been given a known uh, length of days, if you like, by the doctors. If, apart from a miracle, his lifespan has been cut short. And he was asked the question by a bunch of pastors. We were sitting around just um, learning from him one day and somebody said, Phil, if you had your life to live all over again, what would you do different and his response was I would be more present that thought has just stuck on replay in my spirit because I I'm so conscious that you know when we're engaging with people when we're engaging with God when we're reading the word are we really present because when we're present things can change you know, oftentimes even talking, I don't know if you find yourself doing this and I've been guilty of this, when someone's saying something, you're so busy thinking about what you're going to say back that you haven't even listened to what they're saying. A lot of people do that, talk over the top of you without even being present in the conversation. So, you know, we all know the story that has been illustrated of busyness and being distracted with Martha and Mary. And I'm just going to read from that. It's a trap we can all fall into. Luke 10, 38 to 42 in the Passion. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha and she had a sister named Mary. Mary sat down attentively before the master absorbing every revelation he shared. But Martha became exasperated by finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guests. So she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? Have you ever felt like that? I'm doing all the work. Nobody else is working around here. You should tell her to get up and help me. <laughs> the Lord answered her, Martha... My beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Are they really that important? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted and I won't take 
this privilege from her. I love that story. I don't know if I have any friends out there today, and Pastor Paul's in Melbourne, so I'm going to throw him under the bus. (laughs) I did do this at Life Conference, and he did hear it, but, you know, we won't tell him I'm talking about him again today. (laughs) But we were on our way to a friend's 50th birthday once, speaking of full speed ahead. And I married a guy that is one speed, and that is full speed ahead kind of guy, And um, sometimes I have to lovingly remind him that my legs don't go as fast as his. Please slow down. But anyway, we were going along the motorway and that's one of the times where he can express that full speed ahead type of thing that he's got going on in his life. And we got behind an L-plate driver that was in the fast lane, could you believe it, right in front of us. And Pastor Paul really wanted to get past him. So eventually, after being very close to his bumper for quite a long time, and clearly this person was not going to move out of the way, they were not going to move just because we were in a hurry, Um, we finally did have the opportunity to pass them. And they got the glare, you know, the, the glare, I call it the Christian glare or the Christian glare that you give when you can't give the sign that people like to do, which is not a wave as you go past the person that's slow in front of you. But the funny thing was in this story, the closer we got to our destination, we had to turn off the motorway and go around a few different roadways in the country more. And for some reason, this car got back in front of us. I don't know how they did it or where they came from, but this car appeared in front of us. And I just very casually said to Paul, it'd be so funny if that car was going to the same place we are. And the next thing, the blinker went on, and sure enough, they were going to the same party. (laughs) And that's when you learn as a wife that no words speak volumes. (laughs) I had to be very quiet at that time, but it was pretty funny, I must say. Anyway, back to the story. Recently, you know, as you do get nearing 60, you tend to look back over your life and think, what has been some of the things in my life that have helped me to live my best now, now. And, um, you know, Paul and I many times these days are asked questions of what have you learned, what are some keys, what would you do different? And one of the things that I've had to personally do in my life, many of you, if you've been around long enough, will know that I've come from a broken background and some of the things that I've had to personally do regularly to live my best now, now is learning to reduce the volume of yesterday's voice. I think we could all learn to reduce that volume. And the thing is that voice and the echoes of the past will always be there, but we determine the control. We determine what volume we're going to listen to. Nobody else can do that for us. It's up to us. In order to live our best now, now, we have to turn the volume down. And so some of those voices in my own life that I've had to regularly tune out and I still have to regularly tune out from time to time And one of them is the voice of it's because. The voice of a victim, in other words. That voice that many times has wanted me to to embrace, it will never be. It will never be different. It's because. You know, we all have our because. But the question is today, are we allowing the volume of his cause in our life to lead and guide us and live our best now now? Or are we living in stuck in the it's because 
There were many times in our marriage earlier, Paul would say to me, because I had a lot of stuff I had to work through, and he'd say, Marie, embrace change. Step out of yourself. He would encourage me gently, kind of, (laughs) to step out of myself, my broken self. And my immediate response, it's all right for you, but I can't. I'm not. And the reality is, in time, whatever we've been through, wherever we have found ourselves in the past, it can change in time. It's not overnight, but it will happen. With focus, dependence, reliance on God, and his power working in our life, not our striving, change can happen. You know, and Jesus is our reason, every one of us in this room today, for no excuses. Because his power working in us can bring change. And the truth is, as Paul has quoted, and I've spoken it many times too, there are no long-term shortcuts. It's a journey. And God is with us and wants to be with us in our now on our journey so that we can live our best now now. But, you know, he has to work with our willingness and our want to change. In Ephesians 4, 23 to 24, it says, and it's also from the Passion, Now it's time to be made new by every revelation that's been given to you and to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within as your new life and live in union with him. For God has recreated you all over again in his perfect righteousness and you now belong to him in the realm of true holiness. I love that. We have been recreated. We don't have to stay the same. We don't have to listen to that old voice. And one thing for sure is we are the ones that get to own that for ourselves. Nobody else can do it. Pastor Paul couldn't do it for me. Nobody else could do it for me. We have to get that revelation ourselves. And how we do that, the key is tuning in to the today now voice from God. We need his voice to be louder than the other voices. And then we need to regularly not only tune out the voice of a victim, but tune out the voice of I'm not. So many many of us are living in this voice, the voice of less than, the voice of comparison. We live in a world that's full of comparison. You only have to go on social media and people are are judging themselves how good or bad they are by, by a moment somebody has posted on a screen. How ridiculous is that? Or what we read in a magazine or what we see in whatever, television. And, you know, my childhood realities messed with my personal self-esteem. They messed with my self-value because I, I left school and home when I was 15 and while I was At school, my education was very interrupted by a whole lot of family issues that were going on. So my education was short and interrupted and I had a rocky start. And I have had a big voice and I've still had to tune it down today, the voice of you're not gifted enough, you're not smart enough. And underlying that voice has been actually you're not enough. So many people live with that lie, whether it's consciously or subconsciously today, that you're not good enough. You're not enough. And that's the volume the enemy wants to turn up and keep loud. And we are the ones that have to decide we're going to turn that down. 
We have to compare ourselves with who God says we are, not what the world says we are and what God has trusted. I've had to just compare myself what God's entrusted me to do, not what someone else is doing, but what has he given me? He's trusted me. He's entrusted me. He believes in me. He's called me and he's called you and he trusts, he's entrusted you with whatever he's given you. It's not about my ability or lack or perceived expectations of what's good enough. And I was speaking with a psychologist that not that long ago and she said she has so many clients that come to her with low self-esteem, depressed, with suicidal thoughts because the bottom line is they say they are not good enough. And her question to them always, she said, is, what is good enough? Who told you you're not good enough? What measuring stick are you measuring with? Because the measuring stick you're measuring with if you think you're not good enough isn't God's measuring stick. It's not who God says you are. It's not what God speaks into your life. And we are the ones that need to change and line up with what God says of us because we are more than enough in him. And he is more than enough in us. So what measuring stick are you listening to today? What are you lining your life up against? 2 Corinthians 10, 12 to 13. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but will confine our boasting to the sphere of service God himself has assigned to us. Others' opinions are not who we are. We are who he says we are. Education is not our measure of intelligence or wisdom. God is. Gifting is not our measure or worth or value. Jesus is. Isaiah 61.1 says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed and qualified me to go. I love that. He has qualified us. His Spirit is on us, in us, working through us. We are qualified because he says so. And that supersedes all our own inadequacies because it's his Spirit that enables the call on our life, whatever that may be. So a key here would be to regularly tune into and rely on the power of his Spirit. That's what I've had to do over and over again not in my ability, not in my strength, but the Spirit of God that enables me to do whatever he's called me to do. So regularly tuning out the it's because, because voice of a victim or I'm not, the less than in comparison, and then the I wish, the voice of regret, the voice of disappointment that we could all have in this room today. So many are not living their best now now because of the echo of the I wish. I wish I hadn't done. I wish, you know, I I used to get trapped in that myself and wasted so much time listening to that voice. I wish I hadn't done some of the things I had done. I wish some of the things that had happened to me hadn't happened to me. I wish, I wish, I wish. One of the most powerful redeeming things we do all have in this room today is now. We have now to live our best now, now. 
I'm sure we all have things in our lives in this room today that disappointed us or we're disappointed about or whatever it is, things done to us, unexpected things that have happened to us. But no matter what, we today need to hear that nothing is too hard to come back from in God. The enemy would want to give the lie to you or have the volume in your life today to say that it's too late, you're too far gone, it's not going to change. But we today need to let him know that God is our redeemer and either he is or he's not. We just need to accept that. God is your redeemer. Nothing, absolutely nothing is too hard to come back from. You know, many, many people I've known along the way and it saddens my heart as a pastor that have parked in their disappointment for whatever reason, stuff that they've done, stuff others have done and that's exactly where the enemy wants us to park today. He wants to shut us down, but we need to make sure that we shut him down. None of us are exempt from being hurt. Jesus said, you know, stuff's going to come our way, but we don't have to allow that stuff to define us. We can't afford to allow those things to hinder us from living our best now. Now, You know, so many times the enemy wants to attach your current disappointment to something from the past. If you haven't dealt with the past disappointments, that will just attach to that and try and be louder in your now. So it's so important to deal with it. It's so important to give our disappointments over to God so that we don't get stuck when we don't park in a place that's not our best. Psalm 27, 13 to 14 in the Amplified says, I would have despaired had I not believed I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Wait for and confidently expect the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for and confidently expect the Lord. You know, we need to determine today, if we've got stuff in our heart, in our life, disappointments, to place our faith and trust in God, not people or not circumstances, but in a God who is good, a God who is faithful, a God that is here now to be in our life. We need to bring him in to our circumstances. Trust is a choice we get to make. I I just am so inspired by Pastor Phil's life who today could have given up, could have thought, why me? Woe is me. Yet he's chosen to bring God into his now. And he says that it's like God's given him a visa into the world of the MND patients that he spends a lot of his time with. He spent countless time inspiring and encouraging families, families that have lost their loved ones. He's done a lot of the funerals of the people that he's been a part of in that whole world that he's now in. And he realises that to live his best now, now, it's allowing God to work in and through him. He's not here just for himself. He's found God and purpose now and he's inspiring people wherever he goes. It's amazing, but it's no different to you and I in our situations. When God comes into our disappointment, our brokenness, whatever it is in our life and heals us, we then can be a channel of his love to others. I know there would be people in the room today and I know what this feels like, that maybe you're feeling today depleted. (coughs) Excuse me. 
maybe are in a place where you're emotionally depleted because of disappointments, a disappointment, a failure on your part, someone else's part. (coughs) Maybe you just are in that place where you feel like you've come to the end of yourself. That's a good place to be. I've been there. I've been so emotionally depleted and disappointed where I felt like I just can't go forward, God. I don't know how I'm going to move past this. This is heartbreaking. Times where I just felt like I had nothing left. Do you know Jesus identifies with that too? Many times he had to go away and pray on his own and say, God, I need you. I need you in my now because I'm not strong right now. I need you in this situation. I need you, God, in the Garden of Gethsemane. God, I need you. If you could take this away from me, please. But not my will, your will be done. And it's in that place many times he learnt to surrender. And that's where we get our strength to live our best now, now, in that place of surrender. Just like Jesus learnt to do. Just like I've had to learn to do many times along my journey Give it up to Him. And it's in our surrender that we have this beautiful exchange that takes place. Proverbs 20, 22 in the Passion said, Wrap God's grace around your heart. I love that. And do you know what? When we wrap God's grace around our heart, we we learn what it is and we have empowerment to forgive others when they've hurt us. We have grace to forgive ourselves when we've stuffed up and we have his love to love others from so the key is to regularly tune into that grace regularly tune into that mercy and love of God and live out of that bring all the disappointments bring the shame bring the hurt bring the anger there's so many times I've brought anger to the cross I'm God what the heck but God can handle that If you want to live your best now, now, don't hold on to stuff. Don't hold on to those things. We have to learn to offload it at the cross. There's a beautiful prayer that Jesus prayed, a simple prayer yet very powerful. When the disciples had watched him pray and they was like, teach us to pray like that, Jesus. How can we pray? How can we live our best now, now? And it's in the Passion Bible uh, translation again, Luke 11, 1 to 4. One day as Jesus was in prayer, one of his disciples came over to him and as he finished, he said, would you teach us a model prayer that we can pray just like John did for his disciples? So Jesus taught them this prayer. Our Father, may the glory of your name be the centre on which our life turns. I love that. May your Holy Spirit come upon us and cleanse us. Manifest your kingdom on earth. And give us our needed bread for the coming day. Forgive our sins as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. And rescue us every time we face tribulation. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.